It's a good day in the neighborhood today for the Fifth World Wildcat and his cohorts in crime. Who are we today? Thank you, Wildcat, for that awesome introduction. Good evening, good evening, good evening, good night, good night, good night. How's everybody doing out there? Just a couple of days later than usual, part of the routine. We're doing something a little different here. You're listening to another installment of a KG Wildcat and Doc podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Gentlemen, how are you? How are we? Oh, we're doing great today. We're doing great. This extra day gave everybody a chance to revive and wake up. How you doing today, Doc? What's it been like two days into the week? I'm doing well now. I must admit, I was a little sluggish on Monday after a long weekend, which I took off Thursday, starting the Prairie View Homecoming that has officially become an event now. Oh, for you, because as a Cougar alum, I did not participate in my school's activities because I was out of town pretty much. Taking travels, going to Connecticut for the American Athletic Conference Women's Basketball Media Day, and then uh, Memphis for the Fellas Basketball Media Day, and that was good. And you can go to my YouTube channel, Houston Round Bar Review. For those who don't know my lovely voice, I've been told it's sexier. Don't comment on that. That's what I've been told. He's been hanging out now. You know, he's been hanging out. So I'm like, whatever. He went to Connecticut. If, if, that, if that helps now. get women and people listen to the podcast, <laughs> I, I, fine, think it's sexy, whatever. Whatever. But, I have had some lady friends tell me as well, so I can put a Tell you what. Yeah, they tell me that your voice was sexy. I was like, oh, really? Okay, okay. well, anyhow. Oh, no. thank, thank them for that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Not all my behalf. dropped that curve on as, it. Yeah, as he I, wasn't ready. As I blush. Thank you very much for that. He wasn't uh, ready. You dropped that curve on it. Videos uh, on my YouTube channel, Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube. Got uh, very happy with the conversations I had with four of the UConn Huskies women basketball team, the favorite to win the championship and cut down the nets for the ninth time. Stephanie Dolson, center for the Huskies. She's a, she's, she's hilarious. You can check that out if you haven't already. Uh, Bria Harley, also senior, senior guard for the Huskies. Super sensational sophomore, Brianna Stewart. So I also interviewed her. And then Kalina Mosqueda Lewis. I also have pictures, uh, on my Instagram account, on Twitter as well at T-H-E-H-R Review. Interview Louisville head coach Jeff Walls. That vi- video is also on the YouTube channel. The legend, the icon, C. Vivian Stringer. Chatted with her for a few minutes. That's also up there. So, gentlemen, I'm proud to say, and y'all know what, where I'm coming from when I say this, I was the only one that looked like us, media-wise, in Connecticut. And I apologize for my for not making the trip, but I had uh, family business I had to take care of. But young man... I know how you feel. So that's all Trust right. me, I know how you feel. I'm, I know you do, and and all of us are now credentialed media members, and and sadly we have gone on excursions where we are the only ones that look like us, and yeah. media on um, sporting events, and hopefully we like to get that changed and see more students and young people uh, following our footsteps. Like, you know, I, I got no problem bringing folks along and paying it forward, but this is a podcast brought to you know brought to you by KG Wildcat and Doc. And I'd like to say something on their behalf that's important that we don't want to gloss over that. Uh, we say it with a smile because uh, we put a lot of work in what we're doing. And like you said, you have one eye looking forward but one hand uh, pulling back to make sure that you can pull those and come back. And one of the reasons I started the sport management program right here at Texas Southern University, a HBCU uh, institution, was the standpoint that we did want to give um, particular minorities, particular African-Americans, uh, as well as young ladies, uh, opportunity to find a way into the career path of sport management. 
So um, I have some people that have some interest, and they're doing some writing. So uh, I'm going to make sure we take you up on that offer of pulling them in the direction that need to move forward. So I'd like to, on behalf of them, uh, say a gratitude to both of you all gentlemen for the work that you have done and say thank you and continue to carry on. Thank you for that, and Aim we're going to do that. Aim and, uh, to. Aim to. And uh, since we're doing that, Wildcat is one of the main reasons why I'm doing what, what I'm doing. For my time over at Rice House, covering Willis Wilson basketball, he was the head coach at Rice. He got me involved and got and brought me along and, and got me credentials to the Women's Final Four, started me off. He made sure, point blank, you're going to the Final Four. Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. That was so, so it started from him for his input. That's what you have to do. <laughs> so, and he's, he's, start the conversation now because so I'm, I'm carrying the, the torch. Charge said, Are you so, coming or what? So, he, he hemmed it hard now. Like he's doing right now. You hemmed it hard? So, I said, so, No. So, no, he, no. So, yeah, because it was in San Antonio, the first time that we got credentials for the Final Four. Gotcha. And uh, Wildcat said, but No, yeah, he'll be there. And, that, and that's, that's how I started. And then I followed it up, getting a credential for a young lady who used to be at the Chronicle and got her. So, all paying the forward. So that's part of what we do here. What you touched on, Texas Southern being HBCU. Let's talk about another HBCU that's been in the news. Well, Grambling State. What do you want to talk about? Go ahead, uh, Walker. No, 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 no. What, uh, what I'm asking Doc to do tonight, so we, so folks will understand where we are as, as an HBCU. The situation in Howard was the first shot across the bow earlier this season. Uh, with their financial situation as far as the concerned athletics and all. Now we have close to home, which is the standard for all colleges, black, uh, uh, black colleges, let's just say it, because that's, that's the way it's re- referred to. Yeah, the, particularly the, for the sport of football. For, with all the history, uh, you have Howard, which many call the Mecca, uh, in regards to academics. And what it stands for, all the history it has with it, and then you come home in terms of Grambling, which would refer to many folks uh, in their eye is basically the mecca in terms of black college football with the history of Eddie Robinson, um, who broke the 400 mark at his time and that, and before um, some other members came across in terms of Division Three uh, crossing that pass in Penn State until uh, those wins were vacated, also uh, leaped over that uh, number, uh, but. You look at Colin Nicholson, that was the SID, uh, that kind of put help, um, put that program on the map, obviously, with the president in that formation. And it's interesting to come back full circle. I'm half actually reading a textbook that looks at the background in terms of the changing landscape. And it goes through the 1967 season where they say HBCUs actually changed in terms of getting some of the most accolade players, uh, with Harris. James Harris being the quarterback and obviously historically becoming the first uh, HBCU African-American uh, quarterback to play in the league. He was drafted by the Los Angeles Rams. And there's some history when they look at the connection of the championship game that was played against Florida A&M and Jack Gaithers. So it was interesting to see that framework. And during that season, to tie this all together, as we look at the framework of what's going on in Grambling, there was actually a boycott that took place in 1967. And they were boycotting in Grambling. Obviously, people remember the 60s, the turbulent 60s, as many people call it, uh, from the framework of uh, Jim Crow laws that had crept up all the time and how the laws were changing in terms of that framework, but how deep-seated was in the South. And uh, the students there, particularly the SGA president, uh, was really frustrated what he's seen the powers be 
and how they lacked funding for HBCUs. They had a chance to study that summer and took some classes at uh, Louisiana Tech and saw those facilities versus these facilities. So they actually boycotted, uh, and the uh, National Guard and the Sheriff's Department over at Monroe actually phoned into the president. People don't know historically at the time was coming over, and he understood of how terrifying it would be with uh, uh, European-American men in America with guns coming to a black campus and how these young people were a different uh, breed as a lot of people were with a different mindset, definitely I would like to say, and what that could have been. And he actually made the comment that there was not going to be blood on his hands having to call back to those people's mom. Oddly enough, it was Eddie Robinson, the football team, that really quelled that situation. It's odd or intriguing when you look at what took place with Gremlin now and a bunch of players which, uh, that boycotted, some people would say other terminologies, uh, depending on how you look at it, um, abdicated their duties in terms of playing. Uh, but it was essentially because they fought, thought, uh, when you really get down to it, you have the little commentary about the facilities and things like this. But essentially it was because their voice was not being heard. And let's make that plain and simple when we do it in the world that we do providing information in terms of this particular podcast. We're going to call it like we see it. Their voice were not was not being heard. I think it was a major statement that these young men, who oftentimes young men, particularly African American, are looked at negatively and sometimes not uh, taken as seriously and maybe not do advocate the way that we believe they should. But these young men, and you think about 80-plus-some players, came together and decided they were going to make a stand. That is almost amazing, pretty much unprecedented. There are some cases where countries obviously had boycotted. Olympics were some cases that you've seen. The most uh, famous ones were Russia and U.S. when they went back-to-back years of boycotting the Olympics uh, at each place because what they believe was wrongdoings going on. And so you haven't seen it much. You've seen some teams outside of that. You've seen some high schools making those moves, private colleges, in those nature, but nothing like a football team on a Saturday, particularly in the Deep South, uh, particularly at an institution, as we said, that has such a rich history, make a stance. And it was affecting two institutions because Jackson State, another rich HBCU program with the football program, had their homecoming. Uh, now, jump forward a little bit, they're even talking about litigation, uh, which will confuse this even more. But it started out last week when it kind of hit the newspapers um, when the pl- Players, had, the president waited a long time to talk to them. They were tired of, from the fact that they were taking long bus trips and they understood that the AD and the president were flying. They were frustrated with the fact that he lost the coaching. It took them about a month before players were re- really even talked to about the situation. Uh, the facilities were not safe in their opinion. and They were not treated with, uh, uh, with respect. And so we'll play that forward and see how this goes on the landscape. Remember earlier season, uh, you also had uh, All Players United, APU, which was also a boycott of some. It didn't take place that they were not going to play the game, but they put uh, bandages on, wristbands, and things of that nature where they actually um, put APU, and it was about... And, and some of the, the G-Men football players tried Louis. and maybe still be trying to talk to yes. the APU group to, and help organize and further their cause and unite the cause on a, on a on national, national level. level. That's right. Those are players from Georgia Tech, Georgia, Northwestern, 
uh, several schools out of California. And this has been a merging action. So this is the first time that we've seen it play out in this level. You had a lot of newspapers, New York Times, uh, that covered this issue. And I thought they did a fairly good job of really telling uh, both sides and gave the cre credit to the players. Uh, well, as as it should be, the president was on Tom Joyner. Uh, president was on uh, ESPN that did a report in terms of their um, outside the line. And I thought it was disturbing when he kind of made some comments where he said the players were trying to run the university. And even for a president to get to that position, I think it's shameful. So it shows you one framework to have in terms of the leadership, or some people would say lack of leadership uh, at this particular institution, and some would say at several HBCU institutions. So those are some of the frameworks, but we're finally tied up from the standpoint that Monday there was a huge benefactor in Doug Williams, which some people believed it was his fault, but he actually stepped forward and uh, made some of his contacts and reached out to an individual that happens to be financially wealthy and could make a, this type of promise and said that he's going to make sure some things are done at the university that the you know, players wanted to and he thought it was in their best interest to move forward. So they listened um, to um, a mentor that they thought uh, was beneficial to them. And so they decided Monday to end the boycott uh, and come back to practice. And they will play which ties in to the fact that, oddly enough, we're right here in Houston. The team that they're playing this weekend is the Texas Southern Tigers. And the Texas Tigers were going up there. And to add even more intrigue to this uh, drama was the fact that this Saturday game was going to be a high school uh, uh, invitation day. So you would have had a lot of high schools in the area which would have done a lot of damage to that. So... Um, confluence of circumstances I thought brought all together and we'll get into a little more about TSU and what they did in their homecoming game and Prairie View and theirs to kind of tap off the HBCU but I thought it was important to really get, to start the program off uh, after we went into uh, what was going on in the American Conference and the travel you took place uh, tying it back into HBCU and that's really the hot news what's off the press and to give you a oh, yeah, big picture of what was going on. We're going to talk about this issue a little bit more detail yeah. in this podcast. Go ahead now. I, I, you, I made I made mention of that on my blog today uh, because some working post plenty blogs. Who are well, you again? I am the Fifth Ward Wildcat. You can find me on uh, on my blog at uh, uh, AKSV DCSR uh, blogger dot blogs dot dot com. One of the other things that was mentioned this weekend. Uh, and passing conversation also on the, uh, on Sunday. You know, it's, that, that's pretty much the word right now. Uh, you know, what happened at Grambling and, you know, w will it get fixed and how quickly? Um, <laughs> somebody made a statement in passing and I had to stop my track and I had to catch myself. You know, have HBCUs athletically outlived their, their usefulness. I started to walk up on this person. You know, cause I, was, uh, I, I I care about our black school colleges because when we didn't have a place to go, they were it. And when I look at Texas Southern and Prairie View, especially in this state, they were created because we weren't allowed on our campuses. And when folks, and all three of us have had this question asked to us at some point or another by a kid, you know, why should I go to Texas Southern? Why should I go to Prairie View? 
I said, because one is when you have no, when you had no other place to go, that was a place to go. The only difference now is that you all got glitter and stars in your eyes and you think that's what you need to be headed to. But that takes work. And I, I don't be crushing dreams, but I be brutally honest with them. Unless you're willing to make sacrifices, real sacrifices, you're not going to an Alabama. You're not going to a Texas. You're not going to an A&M. You're not going to an LSU. Because guys that make it to those schools make sacrifices somewhere along the way to better themselves, to put themselves in a position to get to the league. And I, and when they questioned me on it, I said the best example I have is Dennis Rock. Charles Oakley. Steve McNair. Steve McNair. Jerry Rice. You know, guys that, that, that they, they know about, you know, cause with, this, with smartphones, I said Google that name up. I said on Wikipedia, Google it up. Cause you get real information. You bring up another issue of the problem that HBCUs face. Because, and I don't want, it's a good point. I don't want to deviate from the grambling point. We're going to try, try to tie it all in. That's what because, we're going to today. Right. Because, and let me just say this, obviously, I, w- I didn't go to an HBCU. Um, I'm University of Houston product, proud U of H graduate, but I spend a lot of time covering Texas Southern and Prairie View basketball, men's and women's, because I believe those athletes, student athletes, deserve attention and recognition just like every other basketball Amen. player in Amen. this city. And tooting our three horns, we spend more time focusing on HBCUs athletically than the rest of the media in this city combined. You know, excluding Ralph Cooper, of course, who we've all worked with and learned from. But print-wide, you know, we, ain't got, we don't have to call names. We know what's what when it comes to covering HBCUs. Who does it? Who doesn't? But Grambling issue, President Pogue, Doug Williams, sound like part of the problem with all this was personal between and, the two and, of them. And uh, I, I Doug, got that feeling. Doug raised money. Doug, I mean, if you have worked with Doug, dealt with Doug, Doug walks with his own drum, okay? Every day. He, every day. He was a star athlete at Grambling. He was coddled back then. He still thinks sometimes his stuff don't stink. Sometimes he goes he goes around uh, protocol to get things done. Right. When, when it came to generating the funds, raising money for the weight room, weightlifting room, he did it his way through his contacts. President Pogue and AD didn't appreciate that, so they did not use the money. They just let the, the weight mats and all that stuff sit in a in a room. They didn't put the weights what Doug and his people, his contacts purchased. They never put it into the weightlifting facility. So weightlifting floors and everything had holes in them and looked just like trash and it was it was a safety hazard. So that was one problem there, a personal problem there. You know, it's the personality conflict there. The players talking about they didn't there's not a, they didn't have enough Nutrients, muscle milk, Gatorade, things like that for the entire team to drink. They had to ration it out. Who needed it most today after practice? Who needed it more tomorrow? Stuff like that. That's, that's, that is sad. That's awful. 
But that's how it was. That's how things got. Uh, Dan Ravel, I saw on Twitter yesterday, said that the muscle, muscle milk people of company corporation delivered tons of muscle milk yesterday on campus for the athletes. So that's a positive. I'm seeing right now on ESPN.com that the situation, the boycott has brought attention to, G- to Grambling State and has awakened some of the dormant alums to realize how bad things have become at their proud, beloved university. So they're writing checks, spending money at the Grambling. Where was all this beforehand? Why did, why did it have to take a disaster for you to spend some money? And which could be a couple of things. It could be they didn't, they weren't asked to, which is the fault of Grambling, or they just stopped caring, which leads us into where we, your point yeah. of parents of with HBCUs like they don't know they're talking about HBCUs anymore. And um, as a, a former Summer League coach, I'm gonna tell you, you can mention it all day long. Only thing they hear, only thing they see, is a coach who does college and bliss with all the license and the sad part. And I think that's that's still a sad, it's a sad situation between this particular dealer. When TSU opened up the HPN uh, arena, they hosted Houston hosted the uh, high school coaches association that year. So the All Star game was in, in this building. This is one of the few black arenas in the country, well in the South, that was built from the ground up, TV ready, where all the trucks had to do was just back up to a, a uh, uh, outlet, open the panel doors, and plug in. And you don't have to run in a while. Just put your ca- cameras where you want them at, and then boom, you're ready to go to work. We all, as well, I, I know I sat in Adam Jim a lot. Didn't sit in the original, uh, but I sat in Adam Jim a lot and watched a lot of Machine Gun Harry getting, getting it on. But folks, even with that being said, kids came into that building that night, watched those games, and they still, didn't think about coming to school at Texas Southern. Texas Southern hosted during uh, Coach Moreland's era, uh, California, California, University of California with, uh, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. And, uh, and it was packed. And I don't H-A-P-D care what nobody said. It was saying. packed. You know, yeah, even okay. though, it, even though it was a third party to handle the ticket deal, and I would, I think still was probably the best, the best way to ride to go with that because of the enormity of, of the situation and what was, of, of what was involved. But, Folks, when somebody drives in the middle of the week on a Thursday or Tuesday, whenever that night was, from Lake Charles, Louisiana, from Corpus Christi, I think you got a game going on. It was an event, and that's the you know. Yeah, and and that's the bottom line where it gets to is an event. But there are a couple of points that you pointed out, not you know, as the data doctor, I want to put some numbers to it. When you're talking about that's why you're here, yes, sir. And when you talk about uh, HBCUs in existence, because that. I think that's an important question. I think sometimes we see it as ridiculous. Uh, but I don't have a problem with playing the games. When you look at the fact that over 50% of your doctors out here are graduates of HBCUs, when you look at your lawyers, you're talking about over 70% of your lawyers that happen to be African American are from HBCUs. When you look at your educators, you're look, still looking at 80%. Uh, you're looking at your engineers, you're talking about 80% of your engineers. So any facet in any way that you look at the numbers in terms of those uh, that are in the business, you start to see that, without a question, the HBCUs have not outlived their usefulness. Now, any 
institution, any program can always get better. And maybe HBCUs need to be modeled better, and a lot of that can come in leadership. But some leadership comes directly from the institution, which has a huge power in terms of informing and in the monetary value of informing the alumni. And many would suggest, well, alumni are supposed to know. But even if you look at the larger uh, fluid, affluent um, non-HBCU programs, I'll say they have a huge financial impact of making sure that they educate their alumni why it's important giving back. So let's not get fooled and think that they're giving back automatically to make sure we turn it. Then you have a responsibility from lastly, I will make sure that you close it up, is look at the importance of the legislative le nature of understanding what does that mean in terms of how it's impactful. So let's make sure that we uh, call those individuals that happen to be of the Republican, not saying that we lean one way or the other, but we know what was going on in the South. You have Jindal. Who, thank you who, thank you very much. I'm about to read that comment. Go ahead, yeah, sir. Yeah, and I, I'll let you tie it in with the numbers there. But you had Jindal that made a, a decision uh, from the governorship, and he has faulted in this. And I don't want to ignore his blame. And he was playing a political hot potato, and there was money to be had. And he knew how Louisiana, the state, was struggling in terms of what's going on. But he turned down money that was coming out of the Obama plan to help uh, the stimulus package, and he wanted to play a political thing. And so that means when they depress the value of higher education, and you have a lot of Republicans that are uh, moving away from the funding mechanisms of higher education, particularly in the South, and how difficult it's become, and it's going to hurt those programs, uh, smaller institutions, not just HBCUs, but other uh institutions in the state of Louisiana embarrassed when they see that stuff, and they should be. And then you look at those people on the board that allowed a lot of these decisions to be made. So this is not something that is going to fall on the blame of just the alumni or the president. This goes all the way up to the top in terms of state governorship. So let's not hide those issues either. And the final thing I'll tie it in to bring it back a little bit on a positive note in terms of the financial value of HBCUs and alums. Here are some facts that I want to give you. There are obviously now 106 HBCUs after the news of the last one being uh, federally legislated in as HBCU. And at least 70 or 80% of the institute field are athletic teams. That is a financial boom. That means athletic teams are staying in hotels. Uh, hotels make a lot of money, y'all. They're eating at uh, nice restaurants. Uh, one way or the other doing these travels. Somebody is busting them or flying them around. That's the economic impact that I won't let people slip and act like they don't see is taking place. Uh, you have these stadiums when they play in these huge stadiums for these classic games that are being used, which means an economic impact on a city that is coming through from the tourists and travel that takes place. So uh, let's not get it fooled and talk about that. And I'm talking about over 3 million fans attend home games at 45 black college uh, football teams that play a year. So those are enormous numbers. You have games that average over 275,000 fans per week. So that's nothing to sneeze out and laugh about when you look at the financial impact when we talk about the reality of the question that you asked. Um, that I can see why it would frustrate you, but I just give them facts and numbers and tell them to turn around and uh, let me know when you need some more information. I sure will, sir. Thank I you. Will. And let me just touch on this. We're going to uh, get into homecoming and TSU got the victory, you know, since our last podcast.
So we want to talk about that, right? Absolutely. Okay, okay so then, no, big, don't forget that. So, yep. And PB's rolling through the swag. But talked about Governor Jindal. Article on ESPN.com. So for everybody to read, you can go to it. I have it on my Facebook. Uh, Grambling State, like all public colleges around Louisiana, has been hit with repeated budget cuts from the state since 2008. Lawmakers and Governor Bobby Jindal have stripped $690 million. Let me say that one more time. Have stripped $690 million in state funding from higher education. Almost three quarters of a billion dollars. A 48% reduction in five or five plus years. And that's not supposed to hurt. And these are people, these are tax people that are paying for the education of a, of a state. So that tells you a lot. And make sure that people need to know uh, when these people are playing these games with these shutdowns and stuff and they're trying to play this political hot potato. Uh, but don't get it twisted because you may not like the way an individual looks or some of those things. But don't allow other individuals to play on that in such a way that they play on your ignorance to a degree that they allow you to be financially taken advantage of when they're making decisions. And in the back door, they're getting rich uh, with backdoor deals in so, terms of your school's imagery. So, so, so bottom line, how important is higher education in that state? And that goes to the next question. Easy to argue that it's not. Thank you very much. What, so that is our political uh, pedestal. Can, and this KD, but it really ties into. But the it all sport. ties in. Of course, it ties in to sports because that's how we do things. We can tie. We can tie a lot of things in because we're we're good like that, folks. That's why we're you three. vote. We're that's why you had a right to vote. Vote folks in. Vote folks out. There it is. There it is. Right there. And, and pay attention to what you're voting for. Read. Like don't I let somebody. Tell, just, don't like I to tell me. my students, I love it. Read. Read. Yes. Read without a doubt. <laughs> print paper. Do they still print? They still print paper now. Oh yeah. They Books, still print paper. paper. Blogs, read it all. Read it all, including educate yourself, including your blog yes. site. <laughs> don't don't take which is at houstonroundbarview.com. Thank you, sir. At houstonroundbarview.com, men's and women's hoops is on there, and I'm going to get back into my commentary, uh, basketball for thoughts. And when I was rolling and had my my mind right and, and had time to write, I was spitting out some fire, boy, back in the day. I got a lot of. Positive. I I pushed a few buttons, good and bad, on some of those commentaries, and one of them did. was at my own school, and that's quite all right. So you know, it's real. If I back it up with facts, I back it up with facts. If the truth hurts, say ouch. This is the KG Football <laughs> Wildcat Doc Podcast. Let's touch. Let's let's keep the HBCU for a little while longer. Just talk about the oh. TSU and PV football, yeah. if you don't mind, sir. Yeah, we'll start out with the TSU game um, and your top ten as well. And uh, thank you. And we'll talk about the TSU game. Homecoming game that was against Alcorn State uh, since Texas Southern again will be playing Groundland this weekend. Uh, Texas Southern had came off their first win two weeks ago that we talked about, a huge win. They were looking for two in a row. Uh, had a chance to do it for homecoming. Couldn't quite get it done. It was a very competitive game. Uh, they went in up at the end of the first quarter, 7-6. Uh, was tied at the halftime, 13-13. A late score by Alcorn put them up 20 to 13 and because of a drive and a turnover after about a 46 yard drive as they were getting into scoring position to see if they could tie the game up or who knows maybe a two-point conversion if they got wild a fumble strip fumble basically recovered 
uh, did not allow Texas Southern to win this game. As Alcorn got it done, as they continue uh, to be solid, six and two on the season, now four and one in conference play, uh, which means a big matchup this weekend. I'll jump into that versus Southern, which is a top ten team. Both of those a top ten matchup for Southern's homecoming this weekend. And so those are some of the things. John Gibbs Jr., who's a Houston product. Had a pretty uh, big game. He had 230 yards and two touchdowns in that game. Although he was not the player of the week, actually, you got to go back to Texas Southern with Homer Kazi, uh, quarterback, Richard Sophomore, had his second big game in this case in a losing action. Six foot, 190 pound from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, he had 110 yards rushing, threw for 226 yards passing. On 15 carries, he did that 110 yards with 7.3 average. So I thought he would be able to do that in the game, but it wasn't quite enough. He was 17 of 32. Um, he had a total uh, for 336 yards that he helped Texas Southern get. Uh, 391 resulting in 80% of the offense to see how he was connecting in the game. The other player of the week that I want to throw out there for Texas Southern, since we're looking at Texas Southern, is Malik Cross, a wide receiver there that played big in that game as he continued to kind of get it done. He's a wide receiver, redshirt sophomore as well, so the talent is getting there at Texas Southern as they're struggling now. 5'11", 185 pounds out of Fort Washington, Maryland. And again, despite that loss, he had eight passes for 110 yards and a big-time game there, including one that was for 40 yards to set up a – uh, touchdown for the Tigers, the first one of the game. So that's what you kind of looked at there in terms of Alcorn. Uh, Walker for running back there had 20, 23 carries on 130 yards, having a big time game. Now we go to the hill. Hey, Prayer View going had, on up there. Oh man, it's fired up. Prayer View has a, as I said, officially homecoming has become an event. People come from miles. The economic impact has to be in the millions of dollars in terms of what they're doing for the city. And uh, Prairie View people can be proud of what's going on. Uh, it means that the mobilization of the stadium is real now. And a lot of alumni came back and saw what was going on. A baseball field will be updated by the fall of this spring season, the first game for the new wow. baseball stadium, which is about a million-dollar development that will take place. So you can see that things are serious, and they had – those designs out, and they actually put uh, shovels in the dirt this week to give you a little update of what's going on there. But in terms, uh, before we get in that, the homecoming atmosphere, you have the backside of Prairie View people are familiar with behind the stadium, which is a grass field that pretty much goes all the way back to the road that goes basically around the campus. Uh, RVs um, are there officially on Wednesday night, and if you're not there on Thursday by midday, you get no prime. RV parking anywhere near the front of the campus. RVs go all the way back to the road, literally, and all the way back to the back side of the campus. This is the first time there's a little ravine that goes between that back to the Hobart-Taylor side. Mm -hmm. Now all of that used to be parking last year. Now people are tailgating with the tents on that side. So it goes all the way back to the new pond that was built. So those are the things that are going on in campus in terms of the magnitude that was going on. They put 81... uh, 100 tickets in the stadium, and if it wasn't for the fire marshal, it was other people that wanted again. You had people literally lined up against the fence. Some of the old school stuff that I'm sure that you've seen back yes, in the sir. day. I, I watching the uh, Prairie View uh, Interscholastic League games and some of the old SWAC games with a lot of those people that you named earlier that are legends of the SWAC played some games there. And it was 
a smile to my face to think about the history that I hear people talk about and that I've read and experienced some degree myself to see that convergence. Now on to the game. Prayer of You Got It Done. Big time style. 51 to 14. Um, really impressive game there. Uh, they scored first. And as you can see, they scored often. Uh, Valley did jump back into the action to make it close at the beginning. And the defense that has struggled all year with hitting people, they came off the block, and you tell they went into this game, and they uh, had a lot of injuries forced on the Valley. They kind of allowed this game to move out of the way. Uh, there is a question about Lovelock. He was a little injured, and that's why he came out of that game early. He was 12 of 23 for 141 yards uh, um, with one touchdown in that game. But everybody got in action with some two turnovers. This week that the uh, Prairie View forced early in the game before halftime would turn into touchdowns on the opposite side, which is something they weren't able to do the last week when they lost to Alabama State, even though they forced three uh, early in the game. They weren't able to get into the action. There. And, and that loss is in overtime, two overtimes, wasn't it? Yeah, that yep. was uh, overtime. Well, the one against Southern was two, two overtimes. Overtime. This one was single overtime. At least they so fight. They had, at least oh, yeah, two no overtimes. Uh, road losses is the only thing that's keeping them out of really controlling uh, their destiny. And so those are some of the big-time plays there. Levin Castillo had a 17-yard run for a touchdown. DeAndre Cooper, the backup quarterback, came in the game and had a solid game. He had an 11-yard pass from uh, DeAndre Smiley uh, in terms of getting it done. Cooper is playing big this year at the wide receiver, and they need him to step up as the other um, wide receiver that was playing the game got hurt. Uh, last week, and so they continue to play big. So you had some freshmen playing big there. So you had Jerome Howard had a 23 interception return for a touchdown, and I talked about the defensive scoring. DeAndre Smiley again had an eight-yard run for a touchdown as they set things up. So those are the big-time plays of the game. Most of them that I, I talk about there uh, in terms of total yardage. Uh, Prairie View put up. 532 yards that we continue to see them do week after week. It's not a question of the offense. You're talking about some side in action. If you want to see some side in football, get down there to one of the last uh, Prairie View football home games. Uh, passing, they, I mean, total yards, they held Valley to just 178 to kind of tie that up. Um, as we move on, I'll tell you what Prairie View is going to do this week. Won't spend a long time on the thought, pause. Sir. I'll just do the top no, no. five. Hold that thought, sir. Mm-hmm. Remind folks who you are and how okay. they can find the information. I definitely appreciate that. I get so excited with this information, I don't do myself justice. Uh, this is Dr. Kenyala Cavill, professor over here at Texas Southern University. I'm responsible for the sports management program being developed. Uh, it's continuing to grow. We're looking at growing it even to a master's level. So any of you that have an interest, particularly at the undergraduate level right now, which is actually a BS in sport management, Bachelor of Science in Sport Management, uh, full-time professors getting it done out here. Also on the side, I continue trying to do things. I'm an entrepreneur, HBCU sports and sports business analyst, and uh, those are the things I do. And you can find my information where, I, as you talked about, I have students that I allow help to write things, and I kind of executively manage to make sure that things are going well. You can find those reports for the major division on the collegesportingnews.com. Again, it's www.collegesportingnews.com. You also will see things on Onadon for both the mid-major and major. That's www.onnidan.com. 
as well as the fact you can follow me on TSPNSports.com, which is really where I started in terms of the top 10 uh, reports there uh, from the top 10 poll rankings. Lastly, uh, social media friendly. You can get me on Facebook, Twitter, and as well as Instagram now. And that's Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. On the reports, you'll see me as the sports reporter uh, giving you information on the top 10 poll rankings. With that, let's get into the top 10. Go ahead. Do you have a question? Uh, No. Uh, Not so much a question. You you mentioned something right there, you know, about the, the... Preview, did they stay in the top 10 before you get in that? Did they, did preview stay in that? Who moved around, you know? The, the, and with Alcorn doing what they did this weekend and setting themselves up to be the Eastern champion, where does that leave Southern who's coming to town late in the season here and Preview where they are right now? I'm glad you asked that because this weekend is the weekend that may kind of create that landscape and break everything down. In the West Division, the two teams that really are in the action is Southern. They have the head-to-head break tiebreaker over Prairie View with that double-time, overtime, 63-58 to loss that we talked about earlier. Uh, but they have a huge matchup against the team that you just talked about and we gave a glimpse of with Texas Southern, so you really set it up well there. They play host to a top-10 matchup with Alcorn State, so that – Southern and Alcorn State Braves, and they're going down to the Baton Rouge, and they love to spoil the homecoming down there because those teams are interstate rivals, and they go back a long way with a lot of history. But it is Southern Jaguars homecoming down there, so that's a huge big-time matchup. Now, the other team we talked about is Prairie View. they over there, and the team that you're talking about that Alcorn is chasing is the Jackson State Tigers. Well, Prairie View plays the Jackson State Tigers in Shreveport this week or a big-time classic there. So depending on who wins those matchups, we'll find out will this race tighten this week or will it really separate those. And the other one that we got to throw in there that's right behind that because they beat Alcorn uh, early this season but lost to Jackson State is the Alabama State Hornets. They play in a big-time classic in the Magic City. We talked about those numbers. That's in the old gray lady in Birmingham down there, the Steel City as we know. Um, They'll pack up 65,000. And it is the largest HBCU tailgate party out there. They tailgate like no other. And they found out how big the tailgate is. They didn't push the game back. It'll be on ESPNU, 7 o'clock kickoff. And so they'll get the tailgate all day long. And they cover that whole parking lot. If you haven't had a chance to go, go to, to Legion Field, yeah, folks, I'm going to tell you, go you're down. missing something, especially if you walk around on the south end of the building. and see <laughs> <laughs> Coach, know where I'm t- Doc know where I'm going yeah. with this. On the south end of the building, and you're looking off south, and you're, like, you're looking around, especially when you make it go around yeah. there the first time, and you look around, and you're like, wait a minute now. This is 1969, USC coming into town. Yes. I said, Alabama. Playing in Birmingham, they down the school down in Tuscaloosa. That's it. Uh, no parking. It's all grassed in, but it's never it gets muddy enough nope. to where nobody gets stuck and all in, right. in, the, in the wet weather. I I never quite understood that. They but it's <laughs> and it's no it's no parking space, no parking lot, no asphalt, nowhere. And that and that statue standing right there, looking south toward Tuscaloosa, and and folks tell you you're looking home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's looking hot, but he, but he looked, but, but, coach, you know what? With a little green on the <laughs> <It's actually laughs> he, he looking home, 
and he's looking off in the neighborhood. And I mean, it is smack dab in the neighborhood. Yes. It, no, it's in, we call it the hood. <laughs> the hood. It's in the hood, yeah. And, I, and, the, and the funny thing about it is, the funny thing about it is, it's a little small, little building right directly across the street from the, from yep. the, from, from the, from the statue. Little barbecue place, and they still doing it on the pit. They ain't doing it in the ground, they doing it on the, on, 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 oh Good yeah. Bar. It stays full. But, you won't even have to go over there this weekend because all the barbecue pits will be out there and the cookers, RVs. It is a beautiful sight to see that many people get together to celebrate a football game in general, but particularly a HBCU a classic. And seriously, there are some great homecoming RV games that you got to get to, namely Prairie View's homecoming, uh, Jaguar, pretty much any of their games, but particularly if they play Jackson State, or a homecoming game, you got to go down there. Jackson State is another good place. If you want to get outside of the SWAC, go to FAMU for a homecoming game to see it. North Carolina A&T, and people know about the Mecca of Howard, which is just totally a different uh, setup oh, yeah. situation in terms of how they it's get it It's a combination of things from what I've been told. I, they tell me that I should add that to my bucket list. Yeah, those, I'm telling you now. Those Sounds are some good. places Sounds that you to want me. to see uh, in terms of understanding your bucket list and just being a different atmosphere for a home game. So I'm really excited about it. Let me get up. I know we tied up a lot of times. So oh. let me do the top five and try to sum up some of those things that you asked about. Let's start with the mid-major. If you want to get to the whole top ten again, you can go to onadon.com, www.onnidan.com. I'm going to give you the top five and let you think about the other ones that are in there. Uh, top five are Shaw Bears. Four and three on the season. They had 66 67 votes, previous ranked 10, jumping all the way up to number 5 after defeating the Livingston Blue Bears 45-21. They had Johnson C. Smith Golden Bulls, which sets up a top 10 matchup. This is in CIAA action. At number 4, you have Stillman Tigers in SIAC action, 4-3. They moved up one spot from the 5th spot after a loss to Tuskegee Golden Tigers, who are playing great football right now. Outside of that loss, they had to win some Salem State earlier this season. That score of that game was 35-7, to the versus Central State Matadors. Central State, oddly enough, has had two straight wins, so it may be one to kind of keep your eye on. I don't think the Stillman Tigers should have any problem. But number three, Virginia State Trojan, probably the surprise of the year, particularly in mid-major level in the CIAA in general, are 6-1 on the season. They had a heart attack this weekend for the fans, though. Remaining at number three after defeating Bowie State Bulldogs, a triple overtime affair they got it done, 47-41. to So that heart was going back and forth. They're on the road in Pennsylvania with the Lincoln Lions. Uh, shouldn't have much problem there. The Lions are struggling this year. So unless some major upset takes place, look for Virginia State to continue to get it done. Let's move into top two where it really gets serious. Tuskegee Golden Tigers, 6-1. and one. As I said, their long loss is to, I'll say it now, the number one team. It's not a surprise to anybody. Winston-Salem State Rams who continue just to beat up on everybody. But Golden Tigers, look out for them because they might make a run in the playoffs this year as they're no longer playing against Alabama State in the Turkey Tate Classic, which is another historical marker. Why I bring it up. Stillman Tigers are 35-7. They're on the road at Kentucky State Thoroughbreds uh, this weekend. Number one, as we said, is Winston-Salem State Rams, 6-1 on season. All 11 first-place votes as they continue to dominate uh, the league in tension after their first loss. They've won six straight in a one row. They defeated St. Augustine Falcons 35-17. to They're on the road this week, but I don't see them having a problem against the Livingston Blue Bears, who just are not playing very good football. But let's get to the big boys. We'll do the top five programs. I will tell you this. 
Prairie View and Southern are in the top 10. They are not in the top five. I won't tell you where they are in the t- polls. You'll have to go to one of those websites. That's to get a good it tease there, Doc. Good job. Good job. <laughs> I'm there, learning from the best. So, at number five, you have the Alabama State Hornets, five and two on the season. They stay at the number five spot. They did not play. They're versus Alabama and the Bulldogs, as we said, in the Magic City Classic in this big-time game here. And number four, you have the Jackson State Tigers, six and two on the season. They stay at the fourth spot after defeating Grambling State Tigers. That was a 1-0 game. It was a forfeit. The versus Prairie and and Panthers in that game. We talked about the forfeit, so we won't get into that too much now. Let's get in the top three. Heavy hitters here. And number three, South Carolina State Bulldogs, 5-2, and two, three first place ranks. They did not play this week, and they were getting ready for a huge matchup. They're on the road to Bethune-Cookman Wildcats. I'll throw this one out there like I did the last one. This is the number one HBCU in the country at this point, which means you had a one versus three matchup. Two teams that have been dominating the MEAC over the last five years. You talking a big time game. I would love to have seen this game on ESPNU. Unfortunately, the Magic City class is there, so it's not going to be there. But I will be following it, and I'll let you know what happens. Sounds good. Uh, this past weekend. At number two, another big-time program that's playing some good football. Look for them in the FCS playoffs as it gets stated. Tennessee State Tigers, 7-1 on the season uh, with four first-place votes. They continue to get it done. Remember, they lost the opening game to Tennessee State Tigers, but I like to remind everybody that their big-time quarterback, Michael Germain, did not play in the first two games of the season, which is my opinion, the reason why they lost that game was a close one. They had a true freshman. It held itself well, but could not get it done. It came down to a field goal that fell just, I mean, to the right. It actually had the distance, but it was off to the right. Not fell short, but off to the right. They defeated UT Martin, Scott Hawks, 29-15. You know, I get excited. These are some big-time matchups at the FBCS level for those interested, not only with HBCU. But in particular, because this is an OVC game. Both right. of these two teams are undefeated so far in the season. So this game is for first place right now. They're versus Eastern Illinois Panthers that are playing some good football, too. So we have some major matchups this weekend. And number one, I just told you about Bethune-Cookman Wildcats, 6-1 and one, with five first-place votes. They defeated Savannah State Tigers, 48-21, to 21, to get what they were supposed to do to set up this matchup. Both of these teams, South Carolina State, are 3-0 and in conference play. And as I said, they've dominated. I'm not going to tell you the top ten, but I do want to tell you some other key matchups to watch. I told you about the Prairie View-Jackson State game with Jackson State uh, undefeated in conference play. So this is a big matchup. If Jackson State wins the game, Prairie View is probably pretty much out the race. If Prairie View wins, they really uh, hold themselves well, particularly with the fact that you have a top ten matchup between Alcorn State Braves and Southern. Again, Southern loses. Prairie View's right back in the race with the win. And then if Auckland State moves, they stay right on the hill, setting up a huge end-of-the-year matchup with their in-state rivals, those Jackson State Tigers. Uh, when last year, remember, there was a little controversy when that game was always played in Jackson as a classic. Well, Correct. Auckland State Braves right. pulled them and made them come down there to a home game. So now that means the Braves have to travel to Jackson for a home game. And can you imagine if this game is to go to the SWAC championship game? Woo, that show would be interesting. I tell you, it's, it's the SWAC, folks. It's the SWAC, baby. It's the SWAC. It's about the SWAC. I even had... KG over there, Chris is smiling a little bit. He's hard. Tell you it's, what, it's, it's about the swag, and <laughs> you know that's that's good CIAA stuff. CIAA and the MEA. Listen, well, it, I can actually say <laughs> for sure, the one of the 
the best things about the HBCUs, most of the, the the majority of the black officials that are in their league right now uh, that have moved up have moved up out of two basic companies. Am I, uh, if I'm right. not wrong, you know, the CIAA and uh, and the uh, MEAC for sure, which which is number one. Um, it's taking a while and all to to make the change over in the swag, uh, only because of the coaches being in charge instead of the commissioner being in charge to to move things along as far right. as officials, right. but once that change has been made, it's, officiating has, has gotten better oh, yeah. uh, uh, in the swag. It, it, it truly has. Uh, it's too bad that uh, Coach Robinson and Coach Nick, <laughs> Coach Dearly, wasn't, here around, wasn't around to see it get better. But, but folks, it has gotten better. Uh, but I appreciate those conferences over in the, on the, on the, on the Atlantic, at the Mid-Atlantic. Yeah. Uh, because good they, it, it's good football, good crowds, good games. But the main thing is, it's good officiating. Oh, yeah. Those guys show up, and Spoken all they like are true official. Hey, <laughs> the, like the, the best officials in the game. They all you know is they walked out there, they flipped the coin up, and when the game was over, with, they, they walked, walked off. Yeah, you right. That, that's that's the motto. Well, that's when you know you had a game going on. <laughs> Coaches will tell you, you know, I didn't even know it was the, the crew out there, but coach, they did their job. That's right. They did their job. This uh, speaking of doing that job, our friend Jerry Palm, he's in the football business here. Here recently, he's, he's helping out with the. Uh, uh, he uh, mentioned uh, this uh, yesterday, and, well, this week, of uh, the uh, the new BCS uh, standards where folks are at. There's a switch out between Florida State and Oregon. Folks are not happy, you know, because they are, are they're looking at the Pac-12 as a Pac-12 until. That conference gets up off his button and everybody gets competitive. I like you know, to argue that they're a little deeper this year than they. And then they have been. Oregon, but now. Oregon and Stanford, UCLA's playing well. It's, like, it's October 20th. Like too early. And folks are getting upset about the first BCS poll. Because see, that's, 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 that's ain't nothing else getting, you know. <laughs> see what I'm saying? <laughs> he, he ain't gonna say, he, this I mean, guy that's talking like right it, now. But he's right. He, he's, he's not right. talking. He, he's talking from a basketball vernacular. But he's right. And he's just showing up. It's the first poll. He's right. You know, they're right. organized enough games left in their schedule. They went out that they will probably move ahead of Florida State based on this game left for Florida State schedule. No. Strength of schedule. So that's how that's how if it worked out that way, so be it. All right. Since you, and the reason I brought that up was because now Baylor and Texas Tech have moved into the top ten. Finally. And they are and and the question still comes up. No, who have they played? They, they haven't played anybody. They, they, they moved up because a lot of folks lost this week, but that's, hey, they that's keep part of the that's, that's part of it. But now, to their credit, it's not their fault, especially in conference play. Yeah, it is. They had the ability to schedule. Yeah, no, 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 Longhorns still got a chance to win the Big 12, you know, which is, which is a shock. But, you know, <laughs> but hey, give him credit. They still, Mac Brown spoke to his goal. He said it, hey, hey have a chance he to win the Big 12. So that's what they did. They're still close you know, to that goal. And now, here we go with uh, uh, Texas taking Oklahoma this weekend. And it could be a route. Because the Sooners have a problem scoring. Cause, cause, and, and they yeah, can't they stop it about. And, yeah. and they, now they had a uh, defensive tackle that got hurt. And yeah. a linebacker, a big-time linebacker got hurt. So, as you said, now they can't stop anything. Right. You know, it's, so let's let's talk. Y'all talking too much football. Forget all well, that stuff. Well, let me do a little bold, uh, you know, 
Are the we, Cougars projecting the bowl? You about to say anything? They all are, are they, all American bowl. You know, are, are, they they, are they on that? Oh no, no, no. Well, no they, they need to be quiet. Today, <laughs> Wildcat, so, they are. Are, the, are the rice eyes on that piece of paper then? Yeah. See that? See that's that's not being objective. See you're not being objective. Wait, wait, then, wait, so, wait, no, 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 wait, no. Wait, you write down rice eyes with the University Cougars. That that ain't right. That's not my fault. That's not my You wrote down what Jerry Palm wrote. What Jerry Palm said. You know they got a chance. You had a projection. I'm sure. I'm sure Jerry Palm has the Cougars in a bowl, right? Yeah, they got them in a bowl. Okay, so you should have written them down. You should have written them down. In Washington, D.C. You know, you, you should know? bring them down there if it's Armed Forces Bowl or Hawaii Bowl, Sheridan Bowl, whatever, oh, no, they, you, know, it, whatever, it, whatever they move to the, you know. to the Sheridan Bowl, you know, in Hawaii. You know, they, it, it's not good for them to be going back. You know, they, they went out there the first time. Yeah, that's, it, that it, is it, true. That, that wasn't a good Very trip. True, so. I do want to hear a little bit of this basketball. But uh, go ahead. Where's the rights projected to go? That's fine. I'm going to um, give you a hard time. Well, they, they projected two bowls, uh, the Penn Stripe um, in, uh, in New New York. That'd be nice. And back to the and the military bowl. Uh, at the, um, uh, in Fort Worth? Uh, yes. Against who? Um, now that's the question because it was. Because the pinstripe had a tie in. Tie in. Um, the military bowl, the, the, you know, all the, the bell, uh, bowl in, uh, in Fort Worth, that's, you know, it's got a tie in with, uh, military school. Right. So it's got to be, so it'll be Air Force. Um, or, 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 uh, I'm kind of like coach. Navy. I'm kind of, you know, it's, everybody beats up on the military at some point. You know, they're not going to win everything. Depending on who it is in the year, but yeah. But, but uh, this is a KG, Wildcat, and Doc podcast. We're going a little long today, and that's fine because we can do that. Um, basketball. I want to talk some basketball because I want to talk about what well, polls have come out in the SWAC and the American. Since we're talking hoops, it's right. the American. It's not the act. Speaking of, uh, I spoke to young Josh, uh, young, uh, Josh, Josh Pastor, Pastor uh, on, uh, Memphis. On, on Wednesday. I also talked to uh, Rutgers uh, head coach uh, Eddie Jordan, and uh, he he asked he answered the question I asked him. Uh, you know, as about a player, being picked last. What about Rutgers being picked last? Yeah, like, yeah they picked yeah, last. You know, he he said we're we're in a building mode. You well, know, they, he, I mean, he, they he are, said yeah. he said basically, you know, when he got there, you know, it just, what was there in front of him, he just grabbed the bull by the hand and says, "I'm going with it." And he's a Rutgers product, so he's 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 going home to restore. Some credibility, Some credibility and, and that's basically program. what he said, to credibility to the program. So, talking to the fellas in the Americas, I'll give that poll. No surprise, the defending national champs, Louisville, the one year in the American, uh, number one, Connecticut number two, Memphis number three, only one point separated UConn and Memphis, two and three spot. Cincinnati Bearcats at number four, Temple Owls five. This next one will upset my fellow Cougars. I already upset some of them. SMU is ranked sixth. Cougars are number seven, followed by USF at eight, UCF at nine, and Rutgers, as we said, at ten. But honestly, <laughs> SMU recruiting class got people coming in. Larry Brown, uh, former U of H assistant coach, Ulrich Malagy on coaching staff, there great recruiter of, of the Dallas area. I got no problem with SMU being sixth. You know, it'll come down to the head-to-head matchup between the two programs, U of H and and SMU and they play each other at Hall Finds and, and a new facility up up in uh, SMU's campus. Wildcat and I interviewed two SMU players. That interview is on my YouTube channel. And it's and on my blog. And, so and, we talked to them. I mean, of course, we talked to uh, the Cougars as well, Coach Dickey and Tayshawn mm-hmm. Thomas and, Dan- and Daniel House. Mm-hmm. Videos on my YouTube channel. It's all there. As we do things, we no. take care of our listeners. We appreciate the support. So that's the poll. Louisville, Connecticut, Memphis 3, Cincinnati 4, Temple 5, 
SMU Mustang 6, Houston Cougars 7, USF 8, UCF 9, and Rutgers 10. You know, it's, it, it's Player of the Year is Louisville's uh, mercurial guard, Russ Smith. Russ Smith, I forgot. Somebody compared him to, to someone. Russ Smith, he's his, he's his own player. I'm telling you, he would yeah. jack up shots uh, from half court. Right. Yeah, think it's a good shot. Right. Yeah, truly think it's a good shot. <laughs> and and then other parts of the game play like the most cerebral, smartest play you've ever seen in your life. But there are Russ Moment? moments, Russ moments that uh, make you shake your head. You're just like, what is this brother thinking? And 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 coach said, you know. You sit on that sideline. He said, "I do this like everybody else, like you at home." Like, what, what, what? No, 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 no. He said, and, 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 "Coach Patino, I think Coach Patino." And he said, said that, yeah. You know, that's at some Russ point, being Russ. <laughs> we, he, he said, "We call a timeout. We sit him down. Don't say anything to him. Just sit him down. Go for about four, two or three minutes stretch. Put him back out on the floor." And he, we all look yeah, at each other yeah. like, "What the?" Yeah, it's like a whole different person. <laughs> just like a different person. And like all of a sudden, boom! You know, you on eighty-eight or whatever. You he, know? I mean, he, we're joking, but he may be, he may have some. But but what he does, but but what he does in a game when it's tight, coach says, but he hadn't had a player that, to do what he does. Yeah, but. I don't think he's seen with that kind of like, you know, just do 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 and then calm everybody down and say, look, okay, let's not stress you. He says, when you look at Allen Ives, he said, at some point during the game, boom, the light switch go on, they like, either going to take over and get us out of this, or uh, we just going to go on to big things and just play deep all all game long. And the Cardinals, they, the next day after media day, mm-hmm. with Patino suspended, Shane Bland didn't have forward. And it's really indefinitely. And some of the comments from Coach Petito, he didn't expect Shane to come back. You know, because he said one quote I saw was, we've given Shane or Cardinals title in order to get back. And we're already working with him. We're already in there. And as I said already, Coach Shane, he mentioned that, he mentioned that in, the, in, the, in the halftime conference. Somebody asked that question, you know, about, you know. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that's... He was already borderline. Oh, know? yeah, he, he he had problems last season, so it's not like this is his first right, time I'm being being in trouble. So you say, like, we give him all these things, and he's already, and before yeah. you get a chance to look at it, you mentioned that he's already... And Louisville is still talented enough to still win the conference. Right. But the American on the men's side oh. Oh. could probably get 5 right. or 16 in the NCAA tournament. It, so the it, Cougars it, may be battling SMU for that sixth final spot to get to the NCAA tournament. That's how deep this team is. The league is. And the league... Has great guards, oh. great guards from top to bottom, bottom, and the guard play is my biggest concern for U of H. Guard play has improved yeah. with LJ Rose, but it's going to be a, a back of But I'm not still not. I don't know if it's improved enough to deal with these big boys in this conference. And now, now this year's Cougars team was in last year's Conference USA. It'd be Cougars in Memphis, one and one and two in well, Conference USA. Playing. But this is a whole other this is a whole other level of talent right here. So the one Cougars might be that, that fifth, sixth, seventh spot there. I hope. I can hope and pray if they find a way to get to the fifth spot. I don't think they will. But it won't be because of lack of talent overall. Because talented, Cougars have talent. Front court is very good. Wing play is very good. Guard play is still kind of shaky because it's unproven. L.J. Rose was great in high school. West Bay Christian didn't play at all in Baylor last year. He's grown a little bit. He's six foot four. He's a he is a pass first point guard. But I'm still not sure he's quick enough to handle the quickness. At Louisville and at Memphis and at UConn, UConn may have the best backcourt, combination backcourt in the whole country. As, so, as a matter of fact, the, the two uh, um, uh, UCF, um, Isaiah Sykes, 
Isaiah yeah, Sykes, right. preseason first team, I think, or second team, and yet UCF is picked ninth. And I think coach, his coach, Donnie Jones, told us Isaiah Sykes, stat stuffer, ranked top five and or top ten in five categories, got all kinds of talent, and yet UCF is picked ninth out of the ten teams. That shows you how talented the American is on the basketball side. Let's talk about the women. No surprise again. Defend the champion on the women's side. UConn is number one. The Lady Huskies can of get course, that. You know, they're going to get that done. Don't, tell, don't say that. Don't, don't say that. Don't, don't, say, don't that. say Lady Huskies. Just say Huskies. Because just say Huskies because there's certain female members of the media who, who don't talk like we do down south. So just, just <laughs> well, the Huskies. So you, whatever. You, you heard from, from young, from Coach Witherspoon when I said youngster, youngin, come so, here. So, you know. <laughs> And speaking of that guy, I interviewed Coach Teresa Weatherspoon at that conference with me today. That's on my YouTube channel as well. So I, oh, that's on there. So we got around for the last two weeks. But let me talk. Let me talk about this inverse because I am a proud University of Houston graduate. Talk about your shorts. So let's Short, talk, talk about, about the garbage that is the U of H women's well, basketball first of all, program. Let's talk about the positive. About no positive hell. Talk about the trash first. No, 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 no. no, you no, no, no we talk about that. No, no. Okay, all right. All right. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. She, I'm, is, she, she is I'll, doing well. I'll be nice she and say well that uh, Marche Emerson and Destiny Tejada represented U of H at Media Day. I interviewed them, interviewed pictures of them on my Instagram account, Houston Brown Barview on Instagram. So I saw Houston Brown Barview on YouTube. Cougs picked dead last, dead last, 10th, dead, dead, doornail, dead last in the 10-team American. And Doc. And it's well-deserved. Doc. It wasn't a media question asked. It was by the, the peers, the coaches and SIDs put them at dead last. And these are two, and I know my compadre across the way from me is online every day and checks. He was not asked, which told me when he sent me that text, that's told me there's some work to be done. Yeah, I mean, literally. I'm just going to say one word, Cynthia Cooper. Well, well, you know, well, we, 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 don't get me started. We, we, don't get, yeah. Well, we're going to put it out there. All I know is it was tried. It was tried. It wasn't tried. No, it was mentioned. It wasn't tried. It wasn't tried. Now, he and I, don't try to say you, because people might get that confused as if the administration tried. No, no, no. No, it went in one year and after that. Let me see if I can put it out. It was tried. It was mentioned. Real quick. Because the person you named, Coach Cynthia Cooper, is on her recruiting grind. Uh, you know, work, working her, well. working her magic, working her mojo, and I. She can do that well. Uh, touch base with where, her. At, where's uh, she doing the recruiting? I know everywhere. She's. Uh, you can do that. that, 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 that let me see place. if I can get this real quick. At, at USC, mm. worked her mojo. She got the number seventeenth ranked player to commit to Already. her uh, last wow. week. Wow. So. She got a verbal, excuse me, number 16 ranked player. Excuse me, I'll shortchange it by one. Number 16th ranked player. B. And, uh, that's USC. That's Cynthia Cooper, who should be at U of H. But anyway, I digress. <coughs> who wanted to be at U of H. And that's why I Years ago. Is, but anyhow. But yes, uh, let me get the lady's name here. Because her name is Mackenzie Calvert. 16th ranked prospect according to Hoop Girls, uh, publication. 5A point guard. Listen to this, not Doc. Mackenzie mm-hmm. Calvert had originally Committed to Baylor no last year. Wow! And then during the summer, decided to reopen the commitment, right. the pro- recruiting process, and now she's verbal to USC. Mm. So let's just keep that in mind, Cougars. 
who are listening to the podcast, shake your head as that. But Coop at USC has her work cut out for her. Yes. Because UCLA has the top ranked class in 2014 coming to Poly Pavilion and Bruin Land. So uh, it's going to be some top notch basketball played in California. Try to knock Stanford off, off the pedestal. Perch. <laughs> so, uh, and I think UCLA, if I remember right, signed five got commitments because they have all signed yet. Five commitments from five different positions. Oh, yeah. number six prospect, number eight ranked prospect, number nine ranked prospect, number twenty-six prospect, number thirty-seven prospect. Five of the top thirty-seven players are going to UCLA. In playing different positions, so, that's nice. so that's that's how you do that. That's how. That's so recruiting. Kudos to uh, UCLA one, coach Corey Close. Yeah. Uh, going to touch. We're going to wrap up the podcast talking about the SWAC and basketball poll. No surprise to us on the fellas side. Coach Mike Davis, uh, TSU Tigers were picked first. Great addition. Great addition uh, to the program in in the SWAC men's preseason basketball poll. Not even surprised at number two. Yep. Southern very close. TSU got 170 points, 10 first place votes. Southern got nine first place votes, 167 total Can points. Can you explain who is that one person that voted? Not uh, Alabama A&M. You know, one of those two teams. I have no idea. <laughs> voted Alabama A&M, and, it, it, and it's worse on the ladies' side. But I get to that in a second. Yeah, it's yeah. even more befuddling on, on the women's side. And I'm going to let you finish now. He knows I have an issue with that. Because for whatever reason, one of these guys show up and all in the in the in the press room and says, "Yeah, I'm gonna vote for my school." I don't care. <laughs> I don't care because and if you you should be and and, I, and I'm, I'm I'm being nice now and I'm, I I need to catch myself because I, I don't want to be getting too loud. They run us out of the studio. But to, at the, at the end of the day, your credentials should be removed from your heart. Not from your body, but from your heart. Yeah. They should be hanging around your head, or, or around your neck, or whatever. But why? Are you just doing it just because you can? That's it. Vote yeah, because because when the coaches and the SIDs vote, you can't vote for your own school. That's why that that's why that the situation with U of H done by the coaches and the SIDs. That's why the situation with U of H. That's why that means so much to him and I. Because that tells you your peers looked at your situation and said, "Ain't got a shot. Ain't got a, <laughs> ain't got a shot." And folks, they, they, and I'm gonna tell you, he and I are waiting on those home and home games because the way the schedule is set up, everybody's coming in here. Coming, everybody's yeah. coming to Hall Fine. We can't wait for those nights when they playing. And I, that is God is my witness. HBU and and Rice, they just gonna have to suck. Because I'm gonna go on and see some good basketball. Yeah, U of A's gonna get their butt beat. But my goodness, if we play, if, right if, there if, if, if right we here playing right there, how fine? Because two of those teams are not going to be there next year. Louisville and Rupp, right. they moving on. And folks, I'm gonna tell you, if they had a move, UVS had a move in that conference, in the old setup, it'd have been worse. Oh no doubt, it'd been worse because now you're talking about those things coming in. Oh, Pittsburgh. Let me let me let me touch on a few things. We you know said UConn. I'm going to get to the, back to the SWAC poll in a second, and then their preseason teams as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the ranking in order, because I said I was going to do inverse, and I said my Cougars were dead last. Okay. 10, Houston. Temple, number 9. UCF, number 8. Cincinnati, number 7. Memphis, number 6. SMU, number 5. Now, notice now. SMU, Memphis, UCF, 
were fellow Conference USA members with Cougars, ranked higher than the Cougars. Mm. Rutgers number four, USF number three, Louisville number two, UConn of course number one. Top two teams played each other in the championship game last year. They're in the same conference. Okay, Cougars are like light years from from those two programs. Light years, light years. Now get back to the swag. TSU number one, Southern number two. Nineteen of the twenty votes, first place votes, went to those two programs. Alabama A&M at number six got a first place vote. I have no idea why. <laughs> Pine Bluff number three, Prairie View number four, Jackson State five, Alabama A&M six, Alabama State seven, Alcorn State eight, Mississippi Valley State number nine, and Grambling, another part of the poor athletic uh, at Grambling State men's basketball, dead last. They were lucky to win again. Yeah, because they didn't last. The women's side didn't win a game last year. Oh, right? was the men? The yeah, oh, men were 0-28. Okay, preseason player of the year, Malcolm Miller of Southern. Guard, great guard, great pin, TSU. First team as well. Uh, DeMarquel Tab, Alabama A&M forward. Devon Hates, forward, Pine Bluff. Pine Bluff got two guys on the first team. Yeah. So that picked third mm-hmm. justified. In Daniel Broaden is the center for Pine Bluff. Now, the second team, what are you going to say real quick? No, I was just going to put in that TSU and UAB plays in the HBCU basketball right. classic mm-hmm. yes, sir. in Atlantic, so they'll play before the season starts, so I'm kind of interested in that. Second team, uh, Aaron Claiborne, center for TSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javon Mitchell, or Javon Mitchell, hope I'm not disrespecting the young man by saying it, mispronouncing his name, uh, for Southern, forward, Juice Montgomery, PV, Prairie View, pick defensive player of the year. Uh, kudos to that. And he's and it's legit, too. He's a legit player. Yes. Terry Rose, guard for Grambling State, and Lantuan Luckett, guard for Arkansas State, round out the second team, preseason swag. On the women's side, now you talked about, joking about first place vote for Alabama A&M at six spot. First team, number one, number one, Southern, 145 points, six first place votes. That's legit, got no problem with that. Number two, Prairie View, two first place votes. Kind of surprising, you know, considering. New coach. Yeah. And if she should, she's not in them. No, so she's not in them. She's okay, still but I got the press piece and I was like, they didn't remove the tag, press tag, you know, tag from her. She's in them. Head coach. Understand she's still, you know, they just made a mistake on that. <clears throat> and she was a previous coach at Jackson State, so she right. does but have she a head coach. But I'm still surprised about it too. Uh, Russell Scott, you know, PV, uh, forward made first team. Mm-hmm. But TSU, number three, behind Prairie five first place votes, PE got two. But the total points, 136 for Prairie View, 131 for TSU. Number four, Mississippi Valley State, five first-place votes. Five teams got at least one first-place vote. I've named four of them. Okay, I'm at four. Fourth place right now. Right here. I'll be quiet now for first-place votes. For a while. Notice. For a while. <laughs> five, Grambling. Good six. There for Grambling. Six, yes. Six, Pine Bluff. Seven. Alabama State. Notice, I still have not named the other team with a first place vote. Notice that. Eight, Jackson State. Still haven't said anything no. yet. It's a 10 team league now. Nine, Alabama A&M. Still have not said the other team with a first place vote. Ten, the 10th ranked team in the prediction. Alcorn State, number 10, 50 points. 50. Got the first place vote. The other first place vote. You have got to be kidding me. You know what? And I, I'm, it's, I, no, I'm not going to be nice about this. They didn't let that person off for the weekend. He's still sitting there waiting for that, 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 that lamp lighter to come on. 
and all, and he just said, "It's okay. You 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 come out now." You have got to be kidding! I saw that, and, and I was and like, I'm saying it, and "Really?" I, and, and I'm being honest because uh, Michael Padre across the way, he seen me wake up a room and all that <laughs> when when somebody makes an asinine decision to say, "I think they need to be here because of the enjoyment. They need to enjoy the environment, the but atmosphere." I'm, I'm not surprised. I, I, that bothers me. Because, because this is not the YBOA league. It's just not. Because in Coop's first year at TSU last year, then they picked TSU what? Some yeah, something down in the toilet, and they got a first place vote. And I was like, okay, well something ain't right here. How are you gonna have them down seven or eight and give them a first place vote? But that person was smart. Yeah, that person because they knew what Coop had, who Coop was, what Coop could do. Yeah. <laughs> this all corn state, no offense, because Tony Till the head coach right there. Well, nothing mm-hmm. changed. Hey, and, and, and Tanya played at Tennessee. She played. But she, but she ain't playing on this team. No. So for them to be dead last, dead last, dead freaking last, 10th, and get a first place vote just boggled my mind. Anyway, let me finish it up here with the preseason player of the year, Joanna Miller, Grandma State. Very good guard. Quack uh, defensive player of the year, Alabama State's Quintory Alford. First team, Joanna Miller. Uh, guard, another guard, John C. Sanders, Mississippi Valley State. Jasmine Sanders, I'm assuming no relation, LMA and M, forward. As I mentioned earlier, Richard Scott from Prairie View, other forward. And then Victoria Alford, Senator. Alabama State. Second team, Kendra Coleman, guard from Southern. Brianna Sidney, guard from TSU. Jasmine Sanders, forward from, from Valley. Forward, Ayanna Hardy Fuller from Jackson State. And the center from Southern, Jasmine Jefferson. All that, oh, and of course, we're saying this to remind folks also that where is the SWAC tournament going to be played? Basketball? In Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. At the Toyota Center. Toyota Center. And we are going to be there. We, our faces will be in the place. Trust Running and believe center, that. Yes. All over. All, all over. There going to be videos and YouTube postings and blog postings and tweets all over the place. I'm going to have some help with some writing and all. And so it's going to be done that day, that week. It's going to get done. So, so let's wrap it up. Doc, how can folks find you, sir? Yes, they can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, as well as Instagram, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, it's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. You can also find me on a couple of websites. That's uh, collegesportingnews.com for the major division poll for both the mid-major and the major division poll rankings, a report that comes out on Monday about the top ten. You can find that. On Onidon, O-N-N-I-D-A-N.com, as well as TSPNSports.com. On the College Sporting News, there's also a preview of the games that come that week that is released on Thursday. I Wildcat. am the Football Wildcat. You can find me on blog at uh, AKSVDCSR, blogspot.com. Uh, you can find me. I also have a uh, YouTube account. You can find my videos and all the, there at the uh, same uh, address. AKSV VCSR, uh, YouTube. There was an inter- we had, uh, at my compadre KJ and I, we had some interesting, uh, interviews at the, uh, Conference USA, men's and women's, at the uh, American men basketball. Uh, you can see them all there. That's where we are. This is what we do. We have this, uh, podcast on a weekly basis and we get things done and that's how, uh, you know, it's all about sports. Not about that crap and all, about personal stuff and all. You hear on the daily radio. 
Well said. Well this, said. This Wildcat. is about sports. Every now and then we we, we ran off and and uh, go off in a tangent, but we balance it out and make it all fit on the sports realm, especially around college sports. And uh, I'm I'm, I'm con- congratulating you today, KG, because you found a way to keep the uh, local team. A local basketball team out of the conversation today. I want to thank you. Oh no! Well, don't get it, don't get it twisted. Oh no no no, twi- no, 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 no! I'm gonna say real quick. Uh, I'm KG, uh, co-founder of the Houston Round Bar Review. Website is www.houstonroundbarreview.com. There is post-game footage of Kev McHale of the Rockets win over the Mavericks last night in preseason. We, we didn't talk much about the Rockets because it's preseason, you know, and and right now, it's still kind of focused on football and basketball. But during last night was the first time McHale played uh, Dwight Howard and Omer Ashik together in starting lineup. Didn't work very well, offensively especially. They did a good job rebounding. Kev McHale, he was more pleased with how that duo worked than the rest of us. But he's a head coach. He wants to just, uh, give them more time and see if it works. He's a coach. That's fine. I respect his decision. Fine on that. But don't don't get it twisted, folks, listeners. Rocks will be discussed in these podcasts. Rocks will be discussed on my my uh, YouTube channel, my blog. So don't don't think that they're getting slighted. We'll we'll talk about the Rocks more and the Rockets about uh, their suit. Well, agreeing with Comcast against the Astros in the bankruptcy proceedings. We'll talk about that more in the next podcast. We have more information that came out today. get more details on that and get more information, more input on that. But my website is HoustonRoundBarView.com, Houston Roundbarview YouTube channel, I'm on Facebook fan page. I have something else that I may be working on uh, that I got c- contacted, I think, via the SoundCloud postings. This gentleman is in England, wants to talk to me about some, some things during uh, possible work around basketball. So we'll post have a meeting, a discussion about things. We shall see how that plays out. I won't go into any other details because it's, it's new to me what he's talking about doing, but it seems kind of interesting. On Twitter as uh, at T-H-E-H-R Review. Thank everybody for listening on this late night. Uh, this is this is a great podcast. Thank you, fellas, for, for participating in putting your knowledge and insight. Tell everyone out there listening about the podcast. We're getting good feedback from it. I was embarrassed about Doc talking about my sexy voice. So that's what we threw you off there. See, doctor, <laughs> tied that in from the beginning. And to the end, we are to the end. So ladies, <laughs> thank you for those comments. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, he's single. So I had him <laughs> single. He is, I, I mean, he's really single. I am, I'm attached. I am single. And it's getting close to the holidays. So I am single. Disregard wildcat comments right there, people. Okay, yes, the holidays are coming up, but don't, don't get that twisted. But anyway, I am, I am ladies man. That is my name from back in the day when I was on radio on the, down the dial. They gave me that nickname, and it, it come, sometimes uh, sticks and sometimes not. But don't get that twisted either. I respect ladies. I'm not like some scoundrel. I'm not like that at all. He's explaining that. <clears throat> so, but this KG, Wildcat, and Doc podcast talked talk about a lot of different things, a lot of different topics, little person shots at me. That's fine. Uh, it's all in good fun. Hope you enjoyed uh, the podcast. Tell everybody about it. We'll do another one in a few days. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud. Uh, we may get back to trying to get them on YouTube as well. A lot of big things going on here. If you want to be a part of it, sponsorship-wise, 
just ways to get in touch with each of us about that. Rates are very reasonable. We're doing big things here. Hoop season's almost here. Cubs football players are around the corner as well. Thank you as always, as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.